Pro fans all over the world, we welcome you to the Pro Fan Arena where prolific sports fandom, a desire for wisdom in life and work, for the purpose of glorifying God through our gifts and talents, all rumble together. Thank you for joining us. Now introducing your starting lineup. Standing five feet nine from the University of Take Responsibility, playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs. Let's get it, y'all. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Pro Fan League Arena. My name is Brad Gibbs, the founder of Pro Fan League. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death. That makes this a great day. Now lace up your Nike shocks and let's talk sports. Today on the show, we are going to cover what the what the word the league means we are going to take a look at some NCAA football action i'm going to make the CFP rankings very simple for you right now there's a lot of noise there we're going to consolidate it and let you know what to look for in the coming weeks we're going to take a quick very fast dive into Major League Baseball we're going to recap the NFL we're going to give a shout out to Tyrese Maxey and then We are going to set you up for launch into the rest of your week. It's an exciting time. I am grateful that you have decided to spend some time with Pro Fan League today. So let's start with the league. Why is the word league in the name of Pro Fan League? Last week we started looking at Pro. Friday we looked at Fan. Today... We look at league. The definition of league is a collection of people, countries, or groups that combine for a particular purpose, typically mutual protection or cooperation. Another definition is a group of sports clubs, which play each other over a period of time for championships. Well, at Pro Fan League, we're probably a little bit of a combination of both. I like to think of this as a cooperation of people, a collection of people combining for a particular purpose. I am going to talk about the big why of Pro Fan League on Friday, what my big why is, and what I love to see the effect that I would love to see Pro Fan League have in the future. So come back Friday for that. Uh, The mission of Pro Fan League, as we have talked about often, is to inspire, to encourage people to take what they love as sports fans and turn that, take those lessons and turn that into inspiration to make an impact in their personal lives, at their workplaces, and in their communities. That's the mission of Pro Fan League. Our motto is not just fans. We are not just fans. So that, those are some of the ideas around the cooperation of the people who are part of Pro Fan League. We think that those ideas matter. Eventually, one day, I would love to see Pro Fan League expand 
to the point where, yes, we do have some competitions that people who are part of Pro Fan League could compete for and maybe win. Maybe win some championships for yourself right here at Pro Fan League one day. This is a big vision, and I'm excited about it. I'm also excited that you are here to hear about the league. You're part of the league. If you listen to this show, I view you as part of the league. People who don't listen to this show, I view them as potential members who are part of the league. Part of the reason that I put league into the name is because in America right now, there is a growing number of statistics that say many people are very lonely. There is a growing pile of statistics that say many men don't feel that they have close relationships. And I quite honestly believe that there is a lack of league in the United States of America. And I think this is probably true uh, in countries around the world, potentially. But I do think the idea of community around the world is much deeper than what we have here in America. We drive into our garages. We shut the doors. We talk to our neighbors on our schedules and our terms when we feel like it. And I think some of the things that we face in America are because we lack community. So part of Pro Fan League, the league portion of this, is to call people back to community. Human beings were built for community. And this is not something that comes from ourselves. The Lord, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, the triune God, created the world, created the universe, and our desire for relationship as humans comes from their perfect relationship found inside the Trinity. That's the source of the human desire for relationship. It has been built into us as image bearers of God. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit have perfect relationship amongst themselves. And they have built the desire for relationship into people. Which is why we crave it so much. Which is why when we are out of community, it's so damaging. So part of Pro Fan League is to encourage people, as I invite you into this community, to also start looking and being intentional about being in healthy community for yourself. I would recommend the local church is a tremendous place to start. The body of Christ is an amazing place under the headship of Jesus, to find community, to be cared for, to be enriched by the lives of others and brought into truth. So if you're part of a church, dig deeper, keep it up. If you're not part of the local church, I would encourage you to explore it. If you hear this today, and this is the start of of a little bit of community for you, that's amazing. Keep going. A little story about community and the impact of words and the impact of what community can do and our desire for it. I'm going to give you a lesson from the playground. I'm going to take you back to fifth grade, Brad Gibbs. My family, 
in fifth grade had just moved to the state of Ohio. It's my first day of school on the playground. Please know this, the story I'm about to tell uh, is something I remember very vividly. I also understand we were dealing with fifth grade boys here. Okay. But I think there's applications in this story from sports and the playground that can help me fill out this picture of the desire to be in a league and the need for community. My first day of school at a new school in the state of Ohio, I am observing my new surroundings and I see that there were these young men who had an excellent relationship with each other. It was readily apparent to me that they had community. They were a league. How they interacted was very winsome, and I wanted to be part of it. My first day at a new school, I didn't know anybody in a new state. So I remember sitting at lunch, relatively alone, heading out to the playground. And at this school, they often played dodgeball at at recess. Now, I believe dodgeball is a tremendous teacher a tremendous cultivator of young people. What a place to learn lessons. I still love dodgeball. These young men, every day at lunch, played dodgeball on the same team. And they were good. They were good. They had named themselves the five. I wanted to be part of the five. Really badly. So I went up to them. I'd known these, I I didn't even know their names. I just knew that they were called the five and they looked like they had it going on and I was new. I walked up to them cold turkey and said, how do you get into the five? I don't know if they ever had that question before, but they were pretty quick with the answer. Said, if you get all five of us out in a game of dodgeball, you become part of the five. I had a vision. I now had a big Y, a macro, a micro big Y. We talk sometimes about establishing micro, micro missions and macro missions. Well, I just had a micro mission enter my life. Get into the big, get into the five. So, game starts. I proceeded, by the grace of God, to get every one of the five out in a game of dodgeball. My hope soared. My, my excitement rose. I had accomplished the micro mission. I went up to them and I said, am I in the big five now? And they said, no. <laughs> How about that? How many lessons can I learn from this experience? Well, as part of, as part of Pro Fan League, as part of being people, treating others well, Let's take a quick lesson and remember, uh, let's do what we say and let's think before we speak. If we're not going to honor something, let's not speak it. And if we say it, let's be sure to do it. You can imagine my disappointment when I uh, accomplished this micro mission and realized I was still not part of a league. I was still the new kid in Ohio, but I still craved being in relationship with those guys 
it meant a lot to me. And uh, there is good news. At, by the end of the story, I did become friends with all five of those guys. Uh, we were only in Ohio for 11 months. Uh, but they did become good friends of mine. They were, they were wonderful people. And there is a happy ending to this story. But I never forget that first day of school in Ohio, desiring to be in the five. And, and I bring that story up just to say we crave community. As human beings, we want to be part of something. So part of the reason the word league is in the name is because when we do things that are meaningful, we are often doing it with others. We are not superheroes. We are, we are gifted individually, but we need one another. So I would encourage you to continue being intentional about community, about going out of your way to make friends, about desiring to be in a league. And I also want to thank you for being part of this listening community, being part of this league. And I look forward to future opportunities to interact and continue to build a league experience that's both beneficial and edifying and encouraging to you as you go out and live your life. We are going to take another visit into Gibbs Done Messed Up, but I heard from somebody who listens to the show and they called it Bradley's Bloopers. And my wife heard that and she said, oh, I like that. So I am going to rename the segment Gibbs Done Messed Up to Bradley's Bloopers. Shout out to Steve for, for coining that term. And in Bradley's Bloopers today, we're actually going to revisit what has become my nemesis. This stat about the lowest points scored per game in the NFL. I'm going to try to get it right. It's been three weeks in a row now that I've messed this up. I talked about how bad the Giants offense was three weeks ago. It's still really bad. Sunday they got dismantled in Dallas. But for clarity's sake, in 1977, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored 7.4 points per game. Last week I said they scored seven touchdowns a game. That is not true. They barely scored one touchdown a game. There we've cleared it up. I believe on this week's show, Bradley's bloopers is one deep. I'm sure we will revisit Bradley's bloopers again, but I hope not that often. Let's move in to the NCAA. We are starting to get towards the end of the college football regular season. Right now, the CFP committee is meeting and they're establishing their top four. Right now, the top four teams get into the college football playoff to play for the national championship. Currently, that's Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, and Georgia. That's not in the right order. Those are the four teams currently being ranked in the top four by the CFP committee. But let's fast track this. You're busy people. Really, the only team right now, unless they have a very disappointing loss that I believe is guaranteed, well, nothing's a guarantee in life, right? 
the team with the best shot to be in the final four of the CFP right now is Florida State. Florida State should win the ACC. They're very good. And everybody else in the top four has some really legitimate challenges to the end of the year. So of the top four that we're seeing in the final standings, I would say only 25% of that final standing actually has a chance to be accurate at the end. You see Ohio State and Michigan play each other in a couple weeks. They're both in the top four. One of them's going to win. One of them's going to lose. And that should eliminate one of them from the top four. Alabama and Georgia play each other in the SEC championship game. That is locked in. It's happening. So one of them, Georgia, if they lose to Alabama, will probably drop out of the top four. Alabama would potentially move into the top four. Washington and Oregon play each other. Upcoming again, potentially in the Pac-12 championship game. So one of them could be eliminated. Washington is currently at five. Uh, Oregon is knocking on the door of the top four as well. So if Georgia is potentially eliminated, if they would lose to Alabama, and if either Ohio State and Michigan is eliminated, that frees up two spots. We've already locked Florida State in as having a great opportunity to play for the Natty. So really, we have two spots in the top four that are potentially wide open. We'll see how it plays out. But that is a quick preview of how the Final Four is going to shake out over the next three to four months. There is a lot that can happen. You never know what's going to happen. That's why we play the games. In other news in the NCAA, Jimbo Fisher, the head coach of Texas A&M, got fired over the weekend. Why is that notable? Why does it make the show? Because he is receiving a $76 million millions, $76 million buyout from Texas A&M, not to coach football. I remember a number of years ago, LSU fired head coach Ed Orgeron, and I heard in, a, I heard in an interview, he said that uh, they called him in and told him that they were going to fire him, but they were going to pay him all the money he was owed. And his response to them was, tell me what door you want me to leave by. I wonder if Jimbo Fisher had a similar response. So he is owed $19.2 million within the next 60 days, and then they will pay him $7.2 million annually through 2031. This is according to ESPN. Who pays that kind of money, one may ask? Well, there's an alumni organization down in Texas called the 12th Man Foundation. And they will pay for some of it, and the athletic department at Texas A&M will also pay for some of it. The Texas A&M 12th Man Association, I found this during research, was founded in 1950 to support Texas A&M athletics. They also own the rights to the 12th Man slogan, and the Buffalo Bills and Seattle Seahawks actually pay a licensing fee to Texas A&M every year to use the 12th Man Slogan, Texas A&M has owned the trademark since 1990. So that organization, the 12th Man Foundation, will help pay Jimbo Fisher to not coach. The whole buyout idea in college football right now, 
uh, is is pretty normative. It deserves a deeper conversation, I think. Something that I will probably not do on today's show. But it is wild and a great encapsulation of the state that the game of college football is in. That a university would pay somebody $76 million not to coach. I was actually in a conversation with someone from Texas who has a lot of family at Texas A&M. I met with them three or four weeks ago, and I asked them, I am hearing rumors that Texas A&M is going to fire Jimbo Fisher and pay that buyout. Is that true? And she looked at me and said, of course it's true. Texas has come into the SEC. It is embarrassing that Texas A&M is performing like this. There's plenty of people down there that are going to write the checks to make sure that Jimbo Fisher is out of there. Aggie Nation is no joke. There's a lot of oil money down at Texas A&M. And a lot of that money, I guess what they want most for Christmas is not having Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher as the head coach. I do think that this idea to not honor contracts is an issue. Again, we could talk about it more ongoing, but I think for many people, when they hear this story, we can agree that something doesn't seem right about what's going on with the coaching and the buyouts and the the quick moves and people not honoring contracts. Uh, I do think that there is something to, again, kind of like the five. If you get all five of us out, you can be in the five. Oh, you did? No, you can't. Oh, I'm going to sign a contract to coach your football team. If if you don't want me anymore, you're going to have to pay me. We don't want you. Get out of here. We'll buy you out. All right. So I guess there is honor in that they're honoring the contract with the buyout. But this is a crazy amount of money. To have somebody not do their job that you signed them up to do. And I do think there's some lessons about patience that we can learn here as well. Carrying forward. Last night, Major League Baseball named Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles and Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks. AL and NL Rookie of the Year. This was unanimous. Again, according to ESPN, this has only been done five times since the award, since the award became official in 1949. The Rookie of the Year Award was started to be issued in 1949. There have been unanimous winners in the American League and National League at the same time, five times. And the one that caught my eye took me back to 1997, where Scott Rowland and Nomar Garcia-Para were named Rookie of the Year in the same season in 1997, and it was unanimous. And then I started thinking, how would Nomar Garcia-Para win NL Rookie of the Year in this day and age? Do you remember his glove routine before he stepped into the batter's box? With the pitch clock? Nomar! Nomar Garcia-Para! He'd get pitch violations every at-bat. There would be no space in the game for Nomar anymore. I'm glad he won the National League Rookie of the Year in 1997. Because now... With the new rules, 
poor guy would be extinct. Moving into the NFL. The Las Vegas Raiders won again this past weekend. They're 2-0. Under newly minted head coach Antonio Pierce, who won a Super Bowl as a player. My question is, if he would have a really good ending to this year, will Mark Davis keep him? It reminded me of 2021 when Mark Davis fired John Gruden, then hired Rich Bisakia. Rich Bisakia went on to be 7-5. and five. They made the playoffs. The players loved him, and Mark Davis fired him. Is this going to be the case with Antonio Pierce? Is he going to have a great run? And then Mark Davis, against the wishes of the players, is going to fire him and go hunting for someone else? It'll be interesting to see how Mark Davis goes about finding his next head coach. Because the last probably uh, six, seven, well, I guess Raiders fans would say, (laughs) the last 15 years, 20 years have been an adventure with Mark Davis. The Lions and Chargers were in a shootout in Los Angeles. The Detroit Lions prevailed 41-38. to The Browns and the Ravens played to a 33-31 finish on Sunday with the Browns overcoming the Ravens. The Ravens were up 17-3 to at the end of the first quarter. And the Browns came storming back. That AFC North battle is going to be fun to watch the whole way through. The Ravens play the Bengals on Thursday night this week. The Texans and the Bengals. The Texans beat the Bengals, and I wanted to point out, Devin Singletary had 30 carries in that game. 30 carries! We don't see that much. But I do think it's something that needs to be thought about. In the NFL, you do not see the bell cow back where a guy is getting 30 carries. Josh Jacobs had 27 carries for Las Vegas on uh, Sunday Night Football. But... Part of an effective running game sometimes is letting these guys get warmed up. And a lot of NFL running backs would love 30 carries to grind a defense down. That is old school football. It's not around too much. But I thought it was notable as the Texans beat the Bengals and they weren't expected to. Devin Singletary had 30 carries for 150 yards. Old school football. And CeeDee Lamb wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, set an NFL record by becoming the first player in NFL history to catch 10 balls for 150 yards three games in a row. This has never been done. Now, I also want to point out, the way that referees call the game these days is a little softer than it used to be. But still, this is a notable record. 10 grabs for 150 yards three games in a row. Congratulations to C.D. Lamb on making fresh NFL history. Finally, in the NBA, Tyrese Maxey scored 50 points. Tyrese Maxey is part of the Young Fire Club, as is C.J. Stroud, who also had another wonderful victory. Tyrese Maxey and C.J. Stroud representing the Young Fire Club. What is the Young Fire Club, you say? Well, I encourage you to go over to profanleague.com and read through the blog that's there every week called Swinging a Torch. The Young Fire Club is players under 25 that we believe should be watched and have a tremendous upward trajectory in their careers. Tyrese Maxey and CJ Stroud are both repping it well. Tyrese Maxey, 50 points this weekend. Go check out the highlights. If you also have some interest about learning more about the 12th man, you can check that out at 12 Man. 
www.tamu.edu. There's a whole website about the 12th man. It is really interesting history. As for today, I'm cheering for you. Go make plays. You are not just fans. I believe that wholeheartedly. I am grateful for you joining the Pro Fan League podcast today. If you think of it, please give it a five-star rating. Please share it. Have a great rest of this day. I look forward to talking with you on Friday. Go make plays.